Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You don't think that it's time that somebody cared enough to have a dream? Why are you getting so upset? This is not about you. Yes, it is. You are a human affront to all women, and I am a woman. At some point, you got to decide for yourself who you are. Can't let nobody make that decision for you. How do you go about getting an exorcism? I beg your pardon? Hi, this is Mark Kermode. Thanks for downloading this Kermode on Film podcast. This week, it's a very special show. I'm joined by composer Ludwig Göransson, whose credits include The Mandalorian, Black Panther, and, of course, Christopher Nolan's Tenet. Now, Ludwig's score for Tenet, which is a brilliant score, has made it through to the final 15 selection for the Oscar nominations. The nominations are on Monday. Let's see whether it gets through then. In the meantime, join me for an extensive conversation with Ludwig Göransson about his brilliant musical work on Christopher Nolan's Nolan's Tenet. So firstly, look, thanks ever so much for coming on the podcast. It's it's, uh, lovely to speak to you. Tell us something about how the commission for Tenet first came about, because obviously um, Chris Nolan has worked uh, several times before with with Hans Zimmer. So how did this how did this project come about from your point of view? Uh, He I got a phone call that uh, Christopher Nolan wanted to meet me and um, you know, I didn't. I had no idea really what to think about it, but uh, obviously he's one of my, like, you know, heroes in terms of, like filmmakers and, you know, what he and Hans Zimmer has done together in for film and music is like, you know, changed the landscape for film the last, you know, twenty plus years. Um, and uh, so I got a chance to meet him, and and you know, I didn't know what it was about, but. We had a meeting. At, I went. I went to his office, and and we had a talk. And it ended up being like a six, seven, eight hour, maybe a seven hour meeting. And uh, you know, we started talking, and then it went in, into like just starting to play music for each other. He st- he went through his record collection and talked about music that inspired him, and played me some vinyls and some CDs, and I. I played him some music that inspired me, and we we just had a great conversation. And then, in the end, by the end of the meeting, he asked me if I wanted to come back the following day and um, read the script for his new project. When you say he played you some vinyls and CDs, that sounds wonderfully analog. I mean, obviously, we always think of Nolan as you know such a cutting edge thing, but that sounds like a wonderfully analog way of playing you music. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it's. I would say the highest quality of, of playing music, you know, it's 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 what sounds the best, and if you have the capability to it, that's the way you should play it and listen to it. So, do you did you at that point discuss the? St- I mean, how did he first introduce Tenet to you? Because it's not something that one can explain very easily. So, how did he pitch the film to you? I read the script. I uh, I had a, a they they put me in the room. Uh, and a secure room, a, I presume. It's, yeah, a secure room uh, <laughs> where I had access to the script in front of me. It was, it was, you know, it was a physical copy of the script, 
And uh, I spent about four hours reading the script. And then immediately after that, I went into another meeting with Chris and kind of talked about my ideas. And I had some questions and, and uh, it just just came up with, with some... I mean, I just from reading the script, I'm, I'm inspired. And the, the, the story is so so crazy and also like something I never worked with before experienced before and also like another thing that really really inspires me as a composer and the way I create the sound world and music world is also kind of like the location and and where the movie takes place and 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 in 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 this case you know they're in like seven different countries and three different continents in these crazy environments like these windmills and you know things that you never I haven't at least experienced in in the in the cinema before, and also visually things like inversion, like that's a, that's another element and, and another idea that I never experienced before. So there's just from reading the script, I had a bunch of like just crazy wild uh, ideas with music and producing and 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 how you can how you can experiment, and 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 those crazy ideas was something I discussed with Chris, and I was. And he was really into the like he was really into these super nerdy music production techniques, and <laughs> we kind of we kind of went all in, and he did. And then he told me about his ideas, where he's, you know, he's he's figured out a completely new way of of mixing music and mixing working with the speakers. You know, something that's interesting with cinema is that that the screen hasn't really changed the last fifty years. You know, so you go into theater and you're see you're you're sitting down and you see a screen, a huge screen in front of you. But something that keeps changing in evolution every every five to ten years is the speakers and the the, the sound, right? So that's something that uh, it keeps changing all the time, and and we can we can get to new frequencies, and we can we can find new ways of have, uh, giving the audience a, 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 a crazier experience. And uh, in terms of music, that was something that that Chris was really into. See how we can get these crazy new frequencies that, that you haven't really experienced in a, in a theater before. Stay back. Was almost taken out by a very unusual type of ammunition in Ukraine. I want to know who supplied it. My name is Sanjay. And you are? No chit-chat? There's no one at the other end. No one is going to help you anyway. Don't let it get cold. Why should I know who supplied it? combination of metals is unique to India. If it's from India, it's from you. Fine assumption. Deduction. Deduction there. Look, my friend, guns are never conducive to a productive negotiation. Not the man they send to negotiate. Or the man they send to make deals. But I am the man people talk to. One of the things that's most interesting about the score for Tenet is, I mean, I, I present a, a film music show on the radio and I've been collecting soundtrack albums since, you know, when I've got, I'm old enough that when I was a kid there was no such thing as video. If you wanted to see a film again, you bought a soundtrack album and you listened to the soundtrack and you saw the film again in your head. And mm. listening to the Tenet soundtrack, I realised that I found it very hard to identify what individual sounds were things that sounded like they were or i mean i you know i was listening to things thinking is that a guitar is that an organ is that a synthesizer is that sound going backwards or forwards it's a very interesting sound 
because it's not easily identifiable what's going mm-hmm. on in there. I mean, I, I know you're using orchestras, I know you're using guitars, but were you striving to create something that wasn't immediately identifiable? That's interesting you bring that up because it that's I feel like it's a genuine experience how you experience the movie and how you experience the music because it's everything everything you're listening to is so heavily manipulated the sounds the audio the music it's so uh, manipulated to kind of go with the, the crazy visuals that that Chris created and and you know the colors and you know experiencing the world from the protagonist's view like he's seeing this. He's seeing people moving forwards and backwards at the same time. Like uh, uh, that would, you know, uh, that's probably something uh, he's never experienced before. So that's that's uh, that's what I wanted the audience to feel like. And the only way to to get to that place is to just have time. Like we had a lot of time. Me and Chris worked together on this for about one and a half year on just on just the music, and uh, we had about six months to experiment before they actually started to shoot. So it was just really important because that's the time when actually Chris has, Chris Nolan has some time. He's in LA and he has some time to spare. So like I met up with him every other week and I would write music every day and present that to him every other week. I would go to his office and we would listen to it together, dissect every little sound, every little theme, every little melody, tell, you know, go over what, what, what we like about it, what we don't like about it. And then we did that for four months together. So when he took off the shoot, he had about two hours of, of music and sounds that we've been collecting and, and building together in his in his uh, in his headphones. And he would also he would send me notes from uh, like when they were in Estonia and Tallinn. He would send me an email. It's like, hey, I'm listening to this. We're shooting the scene now. Uh, about three minutes into this cue that that you wrote, can you like? That I, I'm envisioning the terrorists coming in and like, can you add more distortion to the synths here? And to me, that's kind of, I mean, I, that's a great note, but I don't know, you know, I'm like, okay, what's he seeing here? Like, I, <laughs> I didn't know what he was, obviously, clearly he has a vision, right? And three months later, when he came back and he started editing and he showed me the first, uh, he invited me over to the studio and he showed me the first five minute scene, like the the the, the 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 prologue as you would call it because we had to finish that first because uh that was going to go out in theaters in december before Star yeah that Wars. was a teaser wasn't uh, it yeah exactly yeah so and he played me the scene and he had taken the five minute cue that we've been working on the one that he sent me notes on from estonia and he'd taken that music snippet that we've been working on and just put it into the scene and it was like it was crazy. I was like, it was like an out of body experience for me because I'm seeing this and I'm hearing my music almost like I've scored it for the film, but it's like the reverse. It's like Chris listened to it while he was shooting and shot it to the music almost. It was, it was so crazy. One of the things that I find most haunting in the score, and you'll have to forgive me for not quite being able to express what this is, in... Um, sort of like meeting Neil, you hear these orchestral sounds that sound like they're being played with a swell pedal. You know, like if you're a guitarist and you... It sounds like the whole orchestra is on some kind of swell pedal, as if there's a kind of wave of sound going up. And then again, I've listened to it a lot and thought, how is that happening? Is it because it's it's reversed? Is it enveloped in a strange way? What's, What's giving it that swell feeling? 
basically the, the inspiration behind that theme and the inspiration behind that effect is something that came out of my early conversations with with Chris with Chris um, me and uh, Chris were talking about I think we we're listening to music on his CD player and on his stereo and I you know I was I kept I, I, I was talking about how like when I was seven eight years old the first way I discovered to produce music or create music was to play with my radio and sit by the volume knob and like turn it up and then down again you know and I was talking about how that technology is kind of you know gone now like kids kids can't do that anymore because, because no one has a volume the, knob no one has a volume knob it's just <laughs> buttons right up and down and um and I started to think about that 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 um that thing about playing with the volume up and down and and why why it works for this film is and why it works for the subject of inversion is that so if you have a sound and it enters the same way it exits like it starts the same way it ends like you can reverse it you can play it backwards and it would sound the same yeah because there's no attack it's a it's like exactly yeah so that's where the idea of 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 neil's theme um came in because the way that he moves in the timeline of the movie is um you know he's 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 it's you know not giving spoilers but but it fits with <laughs> it fits the way that he moves in the movie his timeline in Ludwig, the movie i'll be honest with you i think everyone's seen tenet i don't think it's possible <laughs> okay. to give a spoiler okay i think sorry. you're safe <laughs> yeah well but yeah sorry the way he moves in the timeline of the movie it's it's you know he so um uh and then the way to achieve that effect was uh, 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 it came it came out of uh, it's a, it's a, it's like a it's a modular envelope that that kind of uh, kind of made that effect and and um, it's it's almost like also like winds coming like coming in and out and, right um, right right and and it's played by strings. Um, so it is an, it, it, it is an orchestra. It's not a it's a, it, it is an, a recorded orchestra. It's a recorded orchestra that we actually, that was one of the first themes that we recorded and it was done before um, the pandemic. So we had, we actually recorded a bunch of stuff before the pandemic. So we actually did it with a big orchestra and, um, and, but then it's run through like some weird filters and through this effect of like the volume knob effect. And so it doesn't, you can't, yeah, it's like it, kind of what you said earlier, like you can't really tell what it is. It's a guitarist, is it? I originally wrote it for like eight guitars playing it, but then I wanted it's like, okay, let's record this with a string orchestra instead. And then, and then, um, yeah, you, you, like you said, you can't really tell what it is. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When you're watching the film, it's almost as if the music is doing some of the storytelling for you. So, for example, one of the themes of the film is, you know, time being flipped, time being reversed. Your score is full of sounds that they might be reversed. Actually, a lot of the time, I'm not sure. I hear something with a kind of, you know, a gradual attack and it sounds like it's reversed. Mm-hmm. But it also sounds like, I don't know, maybe maybe it isn't. And I what I love about that score is that it actually mirrors the way you look at the film because there are times when you're looking at the film and there are one set of people going forwards and one set of people going backwards and your brain is actually having to go, which way is this sound going? And I felt the same about your music. I wasn't actually sure of the direction of travel at every moment, which I think is (laughs) is a really smart thing to pull off. Yeah, no, thank you. I mean, it's, 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 it was definitely, it was so fun because it was, it's, you know, I've studied inversion in, in college and like, you know, inversion is a technique in music that, that, you know, composers for hundreds of years, like Bach was working with inversion, you know, you just like, you, you write something from top to bottom and then you play it and it's the same if you play it from the bottom up on the sheet paper. Um, but, uh, you know, obviously they didn't have the access to technology that we have now, so what if you take now you can just take a sound put it in the computer and just press a button and then you can reverse it and obviously if you play something on sheet paper uh, on, on on the sheet paper music paper what is it sheet music right and and um uh you're not gonna have if you play it from the bottom uh, from the up down and the bottom up you're not gonna have that audio sensation that it goes backwards um and that's something that I was very interesting in experiment with to have like the audio uh, uh, experience that it's something is run backwards. And also something that was very interesting is like, how can you do that? How can you have a piece of music that runs from the, bo- from the up, from the top to the bottom and then bottom up again. And it's this exact same piece of music. And you also have an audio experience that it, where it sounds backwards and forwards. Um, and that's, I used uh, that especially, um, that was something that, that I, I put in and wrote in the scene when, when it's, when they, I remember, if you remember, it's like in the, in the very middle of the movie when they're in the red and blue room. And first you see the whole scene played um, uh, one way, and then you see the second half, see the, the reverse way. And the music plays exactly what you see. So the first half of the music is, reverse and the second half of the music is uh played forward and you if you actually take that whole three minute piece of music four minute piece of music and put it in your computer and reverse it it's it's it sounds the same i saw a a photograph that alarmed me it was a photograph of you with a guitar that looked like it had eight strings. Are you playing an eight-string guitar? And if so, what on earth is it? <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, I'm playing an eight-string guitar. It's a. Uh, it's a signature guitar of uh, Fredrik Tordendal, who's the guitar player of uh, Swedish metal band Meshuggah. 
And uh, is it two more at the top or two more at the bottom or one on either side? What is it? No, it's two lower strings. So oh, it's okay. it's kind of to achieve the, you know, more of a bass effect. Um, but the difference between an actual bass and a guitar is like the, it, you have a more of a the attack. You can have more of an attack on the guitar and and, and it's also... It, it, it's very effective. Like I, I love that lower end of the guitar, and you all, you can hear it in the very beginning of the movie when the when the as soon as the conductor gets shot, that's the it's during guitar coming in there. We live in a twilight world. We live in a twilight world. And there are no friends at dusk. You've been made. The siege is a blind for them to vanish you. established contact bring you in or kill you I have two minutes make up your mind I mean I speak as you know that's my double bass I'm a bassist yeah. I start hearing guitars going down to whatever it is a lower A or whatever it is I start thinking okay this is we're, we're wandering into <laughs> into dangerous territory here there's also a, re yeah. a really interesting thing going on throughout the score which is to do with time signatures and mm -hmm. the movie is so much about time. You know, the whole mm -hmm. thing is a sort of, you know, is a, a temporal conceit. And one of the ways mm -hmm. that we locate ourselves within music is by, even if we're not actually doing it consciously, we understand that this piece is in 2-4, this piece is in 3-4, this piece yeah. is in 6-8. I cannot count some of the pieces in, in the Tenet score. They seem, to be, it, they seem to be changing time signatures in between bars T tell me about mm -hmm. that what's happening with the time signatures in tenet for me as a composer and just the way i write music is um you know i'm trying to get new ideas and try you know i'm sitting by the keyboard by the computer and it's it's i'm trying to come up with new ideas uh, of getting inspiration and uh <laughs> and, and 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 a trick that 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 always seems to help me is to experiment with, experiment with with time signatures because you know you can write the simplest rhythm or simplest melody or just a chromatic two notes but if you have an interesting time signature to it you can make it sound new or interesting in a way it hasn't you haven't heard it before and um so for example like uh, the, the main the main rhythm of tenet is um is what opens up the whole movie and that's a that Rhythm is is uh, it's it's like a, a, a five five bars or it's four bars of uh, it's like four it's it's four bars of three four and then one bar of four four. Okay, so you so it's, it's fine. So there's a, so there's a four four bar thrown in amidst that, which gives it a kind of it kind of it's almost like a kind of wake up jolt because it's not where you, it's not what you think it's going to be. Yeah, exactly. So uh, and it's and what's what's. So it's it's a five bar rhythm pattern. You know, normally you you have a rhythm pattern for either one bar or two bars. So if you're like really more clever, you have a four bar rhythm pattern in three four four four. But if you have longer patterns and add maybe add a you know add a different time signature on the on the last last bar, you can make a you can make a more of an interesting composition or 
I don't know if interesting is the right word, but for me, it's more inspiration. It gives me more inspiration to play with uh, new ideas like that. I, th- I think it's great because I think that it keeps the audience on their toes. Because even again, even if you're not conscious of it happening, you are conscious yeah. that something odd and something out of place is happening in the score. And again, I say it comes back to that thing about you listen to the score and I, and I can't tell what the instruments are. I mean, I've read mm-hmm. them, you know, I know, I know that you're using guitars in the rest of it, but I, I, I actually can't distinguish one from the other. When you, when you write generally, do you write at a keyboard or do you write with a guitar? What's, the, what's your instrument of choice to begin writing? Uh, it's mostly with a keyboard. Um, and then it's on the guitar. Like, I would say like 70% on the keyboard, 30% on the guitar. But what I, what I really like to do is to just come up with different ways of writing music and and, and, and kind of uh, get out of, you know, I, I it's nowadays I've spent so much time in front of a computer and in front of a plastic MIDI keyboard and you sit there and just like you're, you're trying to come up with, you're trying to write emo- like an emotion you're trying to convey an emotion that's inside of you in front of that is you no know, it's not it's not really a natural way of of writing music to me um you know i i, I much better like to connect with an instrument um like a real instrument you know even if it's a real piano where you can actually you know resonate with the wood or where you give some where you feel like something is giving something back to you um or sitting by the guitar or also just like like for, for a lot of the sounds in Tenet is from like synth module, like modular synthesizers, and I bought a I bought a whole wall of modular synthesizer, and I don't know how to use them, but but it's <laughs> it's kind of like I feel I feel like a little kid in a candy shop, you know, and just like turning, it's just like mistakes that, you know, I'm I'm I can spend ten hours just turning knobs, and out of that there's some cool mistakes that come out of it, and I can take that little file and a little audio mistake in the computer and I can stretch it out and I can run it through different effects and like I feel like for this movie in particular for Tenet you know was a lot of the things that gave me inspiration was was just um manipulated sounds what are the scores that really work for you I mean I remember the very first soundtrack album I ever bought when I was a kid was the the soundtrack for Silent Running which is a science fiction film that I love and the music's by Peter Shickley and when I hear it it just takes me back to that age. What are the things that you go back to? What's the first record? What's the first record you ever bought, Ludwig? First record I bought was a, a record called "Flying in a Blue Dream" by Joe Satriani. And do you still play it? Oh yeah, the first. I mean, that's also that's the record. I I don't go back to the whole record, but I go back. I go back. I go back to that first song on the record a lot because I still love it. And I mean, I, I love the record, but that song in particular. Um, just how it opens up with like just sound effects and like some weird like movie sounds and then um, <clears throat> it's a very like melodic instrumental uh, guitar um, song and uh, it, it just had a it still has a big effect on me to go back and listen to that. Uh, do you listen to music on vinyl? I. I do. Uh, I don't have. I don't have a setup because we just moved, uh, so I don't have a setup yet. But I listen to records on vinyl. Or right now, I, I don't like. We have a we have a 16 month old at the house. So like, the only time I'm really listening to music <laughs> is <clears throat> is like when I'm making breakfast in the morning, like seven to you know 
set and clean the kitchen in the morning and we're just we always put on like a we're just listening to classical music right now and play classical music for him okay and listen to a lot to the Tchaikovsky's first piano concerto great because apparently I'm, I have read that if you that children around classical music it helps expand their their synaptic connections and it's it's meant to be very very good to expose the young to classical music I grew up in a household in which my father was absolutely obsessed with New Orleans jazz so I just grew up with the sound oh, of wow. American <laughs> jug bands and you know comb and paper music and but you know served me perfectly fine if you who, yeah. <laughs> who else that's working at the moment do you admire? Which other film composers do you do you admire and like? And is there anyone who you think that we should particularly pay attention to who maybe isn't yet as famous as they should be? I, I, I recently watched the movie Mandy. I don't know, have you seen that yeah, one? Yeah, of course, yeah. And uh, it's like an incredible, also like very interesting guitar-driven film yeah. score. Yeah. Uh, um, and... Mr. Johansson is unfortunately not with us anymore, but um, he was <clears throat> definitely, he's still one of my like favorite new composers. Um, and uh, this year has been, this year has been strange because there's like so much of them, like I haven't really had, except for Tenet, I haven't really had any theatrical experiences. Um, but I did. Oh yeah, I did listen. Uh, we just saw a screener of uh, Minari. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which has got a great score. Yeah, and I thought I really loved that score um, by uh, what, Emily Emily Musseri. Uh, sorry, Emily Musseri, yeah. right? Yeah, Emily yeah. yeah. And that's a that's a great score. Hey, listen, I'm going to give you a couple of tips of think of people that I think you might find interesting, but you may well know them. Do you know um, a composer called Blank Mass? who did the soundtrack for a film called Calm With Horses. And that's just the most wonderful modern electronic soundtrack. You should definitely check that out if you get a chance. And there is also a wonderful uh, vinyl release by uh, Cavern of Antimatter, who did a soundtrack for a, a brilliant film called In Fabric. And I, I guarantee you that you'd, you'd be absolutely knocked out by the sounds that both of those uh, artists are making. Well, where are they, where are they called? And so the first, Cavern of Antimatter who made uh, the soundtrack for In Fabric, which is really wonderful. And then Blank Mass, who is an Irish composer who is just brilliant. Um, uh, he, made, he did the score for a film which is called Calm With Horses. In America, they retitled it The Shadow of Violence. But it's a, okay. it's a wonderful release. The Shadow of Violence is a terrible title, but it's a wonderful release, and there's a great vinyl uh, of it if you, if you get a chance to listen to it and you have a vinyl. So look, just to, to wrap up a little bit, we're in awards season, and I know that awards are, you know, crazy, and, uh, you know, it, how important is it for films like Tenet to get recognised in awards uh, seasons? I'm sorry about the dog. No, it's fine, I have here, dogs but... as well. I'm <laughs> delighted to hear a natural sound. That's absolutely lovely. Say hello to your um, dog for me. Any, any dog yeah. lover is a friend of mine. Yeah, I'll, I'll say hi to Barbara. Um... But uh, how important is awards? Well, it's, I, I, I mean, I, I feel like any, you know, it's, it's, it's just such an, inc- you know, I had such an incredible time working on this movie and I, ex- the, exper- the experience that I had seeing it for the first time, seeing it the second time, seeing it the third time was like, I, I, it was something that I've never experienced before. And if any, if more people can experience that movie, that, that 
I think that would be uh, that that would be the goal of of any kind of award seasons or any kind of um, attention that we that the movie would get now. Just just you know because this year has been so so crazy. So unfortunately, everyone you know haven't had the the chance to see the movie and experience it. I know in England, I think the the theaters were open, so people actually got to see it. We did. In fact, of the, the whole of last year, I only saw four films in the cinema, and Tenet was uh, w- w- was one of them. It was it was great to have the movie actually open in cinemas. It was a brief period between lockdowns, and I think it was a really wonderful thing that they put it in there because everyone was desperate for the cinematic experience. And Tenet, of course, is the cinematic experience you know, writ large. I didn't want to see yeah. that. I've I've got I've seen it subsequently on Blu-ray and that's great. But to see it for the first time there in the cinema, it was just like it was like exhaling. It was, it was just <laughs> the relief of it was so great. Let me ask you one one last thing and I want you to answer this completely honestly, Ludwig, okay? Yeah. So I've seen Tenet three or four times now. You obviously will have seen it many times more than that. Do you understand everything about it? Uh, I don't. I mean, I understand it my way, which is probably uh, you know, everyone has their own way of understanding it. Yeah. And you know, everyone has also their own way of feeling how much they understand or how little they understand. You know, I feel like I I felt like when I I feel like I, I understood. Um, the most after I watched after I, because I've worked on it for so long yeah. and every, we, every Friday we sat down all together and saw the movie and tried out different you know and like talked about the music and talked about the sounds and like okay well let's try this for next week and let's try this for next week and we did that for about six months and so I've seen it like a lot of times and there's things I still like I still see new things and learn new things every time I watch it and I think that's um, so no I don't think I understand everything right now but I that's an experience and that I feel like it's very unusual today to to still feel like I'm still learning things while when I watch this movie and I am still not tired of it yeah well, listen, congratulations on your score. I think it's a, a really impressive piece of work. As I said, not least because I think it's 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 so interesting to listen to something when you can't quite figure out what it is you're hearing. And I think that draws you into the movie, and I think the movie works really well with the score to draw you into the mystery. So congratulations on it. As I said, it was great that it was played here in cinemas. I, I wish you all the best with, uh, with awards season. And maybe at some point when all this is behind us, we will meet in person. Yes. Until then, it's been great chatting to you, albeit virtually. Thank you so much. No, thank you for having me. It was, it was great talking to you. And I was, I'm, 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 uh, I'm, I'm very impressed by the way you've uh, analyzed the music. So That's very kind of you, Ludwig. I take that as the greatest compliment because this is, you know, there's always a question, are you a musician? No, I'm a bassist. <laughs> which is not the same thing clearly clearly you're a musician well there we are Ludwig Goranson discussing his brilliant work on Christopher Nolan's Tenet as I said the Oscar nominations are next week they're on Monday Ludwig's down to the final 15 let's see what happens on Monday thanks ever so much for listening to this interview I hope you've enjoyed it if you have tell your friends remember to subscribe you can go over to our uh, Patreon page also where there's loads and loads of extras including video content until next week stay safe keep watching the skies
Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.